You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 160, Dr. Corinne Weaver and Learning to Breathe. my friends, welcome to another episode of Halfway There. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. This, of course, is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I can't wait to bring you this one. Uh, it's got some really interesting ideas in it. Um, so before we do, though, I want to just encourage you, if you haven't hopped on to the mailing list for Halfway There, please do that. You can just go to halfwaytherepodcast.com um, or you can go to my website, which is ericnevins.com and uh, pick that up as well when you get a chance. I know you're probably driving or working out or, or uh, just doing stuff around the house. Actually, a lot of people are listening to podcasts around the house these days. I learned that recently, um, which is kind of interesting. So you're welcome to do that. Uh, jump on the Halfway There mailing list so that you can always get uh, information about uh, what we're doing there. And um, uh, that way I'd love to connect with you. So uh, today, our conversation is with um, a doctor. She's a chiropractor, um, has a really fascinating story about how she discovered that, how she found uh, some other things like um, like her, uh, like just sort of natural healing, that kind of thing, how, how the Lord led her into that. So we're going to discuss that. Uh, she's also an author. She has a couple of books that we're going to talk about as well. Our guest is Dr. Corinne Weaver. Here's that conversation. Corinne, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you so much, uh, Eric, for having me on the show. I'm excited. I am glad to make the connection. You've been very, uh, very patient and very kind. We met at New Media Summit, which I always like to just mention when I have a guest from New Media Summit because... Um, it was a great place to just make some good connections for people with people who you otherwise wouldn't get to meet. Oh yeah, it was a really neat experience. Yeah, it was it was fun, and it's it's coming up here as well. So that's good. A little shout out for our friend Steve Olsher. Um, let's uh, so let's get into your story though. I want to to know a little bit about just kind of where you are and what God has you doing right now, and then from there we'll go back. I was 10 years old riding my brand new pink bicycle and all of a sudden one of those nasty horse flies landed on my shoulder and I reached over to knock it off and next thing I know I'm flying over my handlebars, landed right on my face, busted out my front teeth and from that day on I started developing major health problems where I couldn't breathe. So I had asthma and allergies and, and my parents, you know, really didn't know what to do other than take me to my medical doctors, my pediatricians and asthma and allergy specialists. And they did the best job that they could to keep me alive with hooking me up to different machines. Then I had a machine I was using morning and night, um, along with getting allergy shots and living on inhaler throughout the day. And then my wonderful um, uncle, his name is Amazon John Easterling. He's <laughs> married to Olivia Newton-John and he would um, literally come in from the Amazon rainforest, not Amazon.com, what people get confused to yeah. because Amazon's just gotten so big. But he would literally come in from the rainforest and he's bringing in me um, some wonderful plants and different herbs and, and things like that. And he would make me these tinctures and make me these teas and I would be taking a kitchen towel and putting it over my head and breathing that in. 
And that was the first introduction um, to like natural healing. And, and he would um, tell me that, you know, breathe in eucalyptus and do some things like that to try to help me from going back and forth to the hospital. Because my sixth grade year at age 12, I missed over 80 days of school wow. for being so sick. And I was known actually as the sick kid. That's how the kids knew me in, in school. In fact, I married my high school sweetheart. And um, and he's like, yeah, we called you the sick kid. You know, I was like, oh, here comes the sick kid. I mean, because I couldn't run. I was sitting on the bleachers. Like, I couldn't hardly do anything without having an asthma attack. It just kind of, you know, it just kind of sucked. So, um, and so I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Right. So my um, kind of two stories kind of line here where I went to a camp when I was 16. And at that camp, I was really praying to the Lord what he wanted me to do. I just became a Christian and um, and I was just really seeking. And I think we all kind of go to that place, whether it be 16 or whether it be 45 or wherever you are in your life. You're like, what is my purpose? You kind of like stop and you start looking at your life. And I was just really in deep prayer and worship with the Lord and, and actually heard the word chiropractor. Um, and the first time I really knew about chiropractic was because of my uncle again. So he he kind of introduced me into this natural healing. He got a really bad car accident and he wanted me to work on his spine at age 16 as well. And so I started working on his spine and believe me, I had no clue what I was doing. I was 16. I had no training, Yeah. Um, but he's like, you should be a chiropractor. You have healing hands. And I really felt the spirit of the Lord tell me this is the direction that I was going to go in. And, and I had no idea that chiropractic was really going to heal me. Um, I just had this desire to help other people. And so I went into literally chiropractic school with the philosophy alone that our bodies can heal. And it really connected to me that, you know, I was healthy at one point. Why in the world am I so unhealthy now and depending on medication every day to survive? And so when I discovered chiropractic and I went I jumped into school. I found an upper cervical chiropractor, and that just means cervical means neck, and um, it means upper means that focuses on the, what we call the first, second bone in the body. It's called atlas, and that bone actually is really close to the brainstem where the vagus nerve lives. Now, the vagus nerve, not vagus and lost. Yeah. <laughs> no, not lost. Yeah, That's an entirely different nerve, isn't it? <laughs> Right, so different nerve. <laughs> um, yeah, so that vagus nerve goes into your diaphragm. And it goes to your heart and it goes to your lungs and actually helps with breathing and getting circulation through. So when I got that correction, what we call an upper cervical correction, an atlas adjustment, um, immediately I could breathe for the first time in 11 years where I suffered so bad. And that changed everything for me. Um, And I just studied and learned and finished school and I've been in practice for 15 years and helped thousands and thousands of patients, um, you know, get off their medication. I mean, my main thing is like, let's get you healthy so you don't need meds. And so that was my second book. My first book was called Learning How to Breathe. And then my second book was called No More Meds um, because I was working with a lot of kids and these kids were on so many different medications, either it be they start with the antibiotic because they have ear infections and then they, they go on because they have maybe have asthma allergies or if they have ADHD and, you know, all these conditions these kids were suffering with and the parents really don't want to drug their kids and the pediatricians don't want to drug their kids but or their patients but they don't really know any other way and so right. you know being in the chiropractic field and learning about the nervous system learning how the brain functions and getting the body 
more centered, more balanced, um, I believe that we can help a lot of things. I know I can't cure anything. Only God can, right? Only yeah. God can cure. And, and that's what I tell my patients is I'm just really opening things up to allow your body to do what it's designed to do. And it is designed to heal. Yeah, which is awesome. Okay, so I'm really interested in this from this perspective. I've become a big advocate of the fact that uh, as evangelicals, we have a very dualistic view of the world and of ourselves, right? There's the spiritual, and that really matters, and there's the physical, and maybe that doesn't matter as much. And, well, it's just your body or whatever, right? Like we don't we don't tend to think give that the kind of priority that I think it deserves because uh, we don't think of ourselves as holistic people. And so I think the idea of just talking about uh, the physical and how that particularly relates to our entire being is going to be really interesting. So I'm glad that, uh, that we get the chance to have that conversation. So take us back. You mentioned that you had, um, you had come to Christ around that. You said it was a camp, right? Is that right? Around 16. So you tell us that story. Like, how did you find that? Would you, were you in a Christian home at all? Or what was it? Was it like, well, my, no, it's kind of funny. I was actually raised um, Presbyterian in a Presbyterian church, but the church was so old and moldy. Every time <laughs> I would go to church, I would have an asthma attack. So my parents literally stopped going to church because of me. Wow. Um, it was literally moldy. It was literally Okay. I, I thought maybe you were talking about the people. <laughs> it could have been the people too. Um, but yeah, it was just an old building. And so we, we you know, at, that my parents had to literally, I'm sorry, but they had to put me like in a bubble. It was horrible. Um, we had to move houses. You know, they just tried to, they were trying to keep me from going back and forth to the hospital. And so every time I would go to a certain place and I would have an asthma attack, they'd be like, oh, we're not going there anymore. And they were just really trying to protect me. So, um, but Presbyterian, you know, I didn't really come to know the Lord that way. Nothing against that religion. I just didn't really understand and, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I got invited to go to a Baptist church. Um, I think I was about 13 and I went to one of those, um, you probably know what I'm talking about. those like heaven gates and hell flames. Oh yeah. Kind of play. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went to that and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to go to hell. So I was like 13 and I was like, I'm not going to hell. And then, so I got saved. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm saved. Good. That's over with, you know, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven and I'll just live my you know 13 year old life and keep moving on. Um, and then I got invited to go to that camp when I was 16 with another friend. And that was it. Like I, I got saved at that yeah. know, play and then I was done. Right. You know, I'm like, okay, I move on with my life. Maybe, I think maybe I got a Bible, but you know, I didn't really read it or anything. Um, but I didn't understand the relationship part. So someone invited me and I believe like, you know, God lays people in your life to like literally direct, you know, his steps to get, you know, him and to have that relationship. And so, I was just really blessed as a young child to, to get this experience. And so when I was 16, this camp um, changed everything for me. They were really big on studying the word and they're really big about developing your relationship with Jesus and what Jesus did in the Bible. And it was just a really, it was a, I mean, I was, was going to say it was a fun camp, but it was also very um, scriptural based, it had a lot of um, yeah. different, you know, worship that I really enjoyed and it was the first experience that I actually got to listen to music and like really enjoy worshiping the Lord. Um, and so that's what kind of really opened my eyes where I could have this relationship and really talk to Jesus and, and, um, and have that, what it actually feels like. So 
Um, my kids have gone to that camp and it's really just made a big difference in their lives. And it's just so exciting to be able to, you know, share with our kids and, you know, they kids, my kids have never had any medication, you know, you know, yeah. things that we do, we're changing the generations and that's what I hope, you know, hope to do. What was it that made, that kind of changed how you saw God? Like where, was there a moment or was it just like a. Yeah, it was just like this deep, deep desire that I felt that, um, you know, I was always a good kid. I, would, I never had, you know, I was not the get in the trouble kind of yeah. followed my parents' directions, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble. So I was just one of those really probably every parent's dream kid. Um, but then there was this desire in me that I wanted to help other people. And, and, and he put that in me, you know, so yeah. that's, I believe it's something that he planted inside and you just feel it. It's hard to describe. I don't, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've had this experience, but when you're in the presence of the Lord and people are praying like deeply praying around you um, and you have this amazing music and you just feel this deep presence, you know, the Holy spirit, you feel that comfort. Um, and there were just tears running down my eyes. And, and then I just had, I don't know if you ever had visions from the Lord, but I heard, like I said, I heard the word chiropractor and I saw visions yeah. and I'd go back and I would write it down and, and draw it out. And, and I just knew there was no question in my mind because my parents didn't raise, obviously I didn't know any chiropractors and my parents were not really into chiropractic. I mean, they, all they knew was the medical profession and my, my great grandfather's a medical doctor. And so I went to my grandmother when I was like, Hey, I want to be a chiropractor. They were all like against it, you know, like, no, that's not a real doctor, you know? And so I'm like, (laughs) Oh, this is great. So like, everybody was like, no, don't do that. Don't waste your money and become a that, like become a real doctor. And, and (laughs) it's like, Ah, um, but I, but I knew this was the direction for me. And then, you know, like I said, when I actually got my first chiropractic adjustment, I was like, why is not everybody getting this? And why is this not trained? And why do people not know about this? Cause it just made such a big difference in my life. Uh, okay. So anyway, you're, so it sounds like you're doing some really cool work and you've really grown your business, which is really interesting. I want to know more about your personal journey. So what was the time frame between when you like, came to Christ and you first got that adjustment that sort of changed your life and made you go, Oh, this is, this is actually really restorative. Yeah. So I was 16 when, you know, God spoke that on me and it was 21 when I actually got my first chiropractic adjustment. So five years. Yeah. So, you know, back then you didn't really have the internet. (laughs) So it was literally going to the library studying chiropractic um, but now it's like so much you can, and I think people get confused now because there's so much information. So when you Google just the word chiropractor, there's like a million things that come up. Right. right. And it's just hard to, when I see patients and they do try to heal themselves, I guess, you know, they're like, I've been here, I've been there. I've tried this and tried that. And they just come really confused. Um, and so I really try to break it down to make it as simple as possible because God really did not want any of this to be so complicated. He really wanted us to um, be still and know that he's God, right? Um, and there's so many people today that suffer with anxiety and depression. And a lot of that comes from, I think, the confusion, mm. that, that spiritual you know, battle that we deal with. And so I, I do address that on balancing that out. In fact, I was with a kid just recent, just about a couple hours ago. 
And the whole reason the mom's bringing her in is because she has ADHD and he has severe anxiety. And so I have half of my office is designed to rest and um, relax with like soothing music. And then we have beds that we lay on, we have blankets and stuff like that. And so after I, I do a real easy massage chiropractic adjustment, then I put them back there and we talk about breathing techniques that they can do, you know, throughout the day or even at night. And, you know, this child was explaining to me how she can't sleep at night and she has nightmares and, you know, all of this anxiety comes upon, I mean, this is a nine-year-old I'm talking to. And, um, and so we talk through those things and, um, and, and the breathing techniques. And I also use, um, I don't know if you've heard of essential, essential oils. Oh yeah. I don't know if you ever know anything about essential oils or different plants and yeah. So chamomile tea and magnesium, Epsom salt baths, um, you know, lavender, you know, different things I use that God's created. I mean, there's so many different plants that God's created. And so I've trained a lot of on herbs and, um, and so we talk about different herbs that can be very beneficial to my clients and, and patients that want to, you know, that may need a little extra help on their healing process. Right. So how did that become? So obviously you mentioned the, the, um, you know, the adjustment and then kind of going through school, but tell me about like, cause this connection, like I said earlier, this connection between body and spirit, like is just really fascinating to me. So, but how, how did that like become not just um, an idea to you, but like something that you really had to become passionate about? Well, for me, it, every day um, to take a breath, you know, a lot of times people take for granted for breathing. Like you don't have to remember how to breathe. Eric, you pretty much got that down, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell your body to breathe. No. <laughs> um, for me, I couldn't breathe. I literally could not breathe. And so literally, you know, you probably heard of that song, breathe in the, is it breathe the breath of God, you know? And so I really had to connect and figure out how to breathe. Like my body was shutting down and those nerves just were not getting down to the diaphragm. The diaphragm just wasn't opening up. My tonsils were all removed because I had to do surgery because they were like, well, that really didn't help. Um, so it was literally connecting, you know, like you said, that physical, that spiritual being that we are, you know, we are, are connected and so we have to be aware of if we don't take care of that physical being, it's going to affect us spiritually too. So, you know, put the foods that we eat, how we exercise, how we sleep, how we deal with stress, all that's going to affect us on the spiritual right. being as well. So we have a responsibility to take care of the temple where the spirit lives. Right. See, I, I think that's so true. And I think it's it's just short-sighted if we think that the only thing that's important is our spiritual being. I mean, so there's a lot of Christians who will go out and they'll spend a lot of time on Bible studies or spend a lot of time going to prayer meetings, which are beautiful and wonderful. We should do that. And they'll spend no time thinking about their nutrition, right? Zero. Or they'll think, or they'll spend just a you know, I'm from Iowa, man. We, it's like meat and potatoes. And I didn't even know asparagus was a vegetable until I was in my twenties. I had no idea what that thing was. And I've only just started to like enjoy it, you know, uh, that's crazy, right? That's just not, that doesn't take seriously the, the 
planet that God has made and the fact that he loves it and he's made it in ways that that are beneficial for us. And so I love what you're doing with, with kind of helping people through that. Like how is there – has there ever been a um, – like a time or a story maybe you could tell us about how learning those those kinds of things either changed you or helped you change your faith in the Lord or um, like a, you know, even something like just a transformation that you was even more than you expected. Oh, yeah. I think God, you know, in this journey, um, you know, when he spoke to me 16 years ago, he also spoke to me, um, it was four years ago, about um, he was going to use my words to bring healing mm. is what really was really clear to me. And that was the whole reason why I went to the New Media Summit is and started my own podcast called No More Mets. And so um, with the writing, I write for also Breaking Christian News. I think I told you that, Eric. And yeah. That's a really good, um, really good publication where um, I write once a week about different health topics. And Steve Schultz, when I went to speak at Harvard, we got asked to speak to Harvard, and, and he was there. And, and it was so funny because he didn't know I was a Christian. I didn't even know who he was. He was I didn't know he was a Christian. And I went up there to speak at Harvard, and um, he was sitting in the audience. And we just, like, you know, like I said, God just will put people in your path and, and so me and Steve just kind of connected and we're talking and I'm like, Hey, you know, and, and so I just happened to have a book on me. And so I gave him the book and he called me up and was like, man, I would love for you to write, you know, every week. So I've been doing that for a good, almost two years now. And, Very cool. um, and so then, you know, guys, like I said, he, he will definitely direct it. You just have to listen. I mean, that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't take the time to really listen. Life gets so busy and I understand it. I mean, I have three kids. I have a full-time practice. Um, but I make time every day, at least an hour a day, um, in quiet time, uh, either it be worshiping, whether it be, um, you know, reading scripture or just be complete silence and doing some breathing techniques to hear from the Lord. Cause I really don't want to move into a, another step and especially a big steps without waiting on the Lord because he will time everything perfectly. We just have to have that patience. Right. Right. I think we do. It's interesting that there's a really interesting um, tension there, I think, sometimes, because sometimes we just need to move, right? We just got to go and do the thing that we know we need to do. And sometimes we just need to wait. And knowing, like, when those times are is, can be tricky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and and when, it's, when you need to move, God will continue to push and push and push you. And you're just like, ah, okay, okay, I'll do it. You know? Right. Um, and usually those are the things that you don't want to do, right? Right. Yeah, they're uncomfortable, right? They, they take you outside of your, uh, of your comfort zone. So interesting. Okay, well, tell, so tell us a little bit more because um, I'd love to just help our guests or our, our uh, friends here um, just understand uh, both kind of the breathing thing, like what give maybe give us some tips on that, and then also um, kind of your philosophy of the no more meds because that's that's a little controversial, maybe. Yeah, it's a little controversial. Yeah, I'm not saying no meds. I'm just saying no more meds. Gotcha. All right. So the breathing thing, um, the best thing I say to start with is four, seven, eight, 
And what I mean by that is um, get in a really comfortable position. I have my patients laid down um, so they can really open up their diaphragm and and keep your phone. Everybody's addicted to their phone right now. So put I'm, your phone into a totally different room so you're not getting a notification okay. or anything like that. I found a book called Break Out, How to Break Up with Your Phone, and I'm doing that right now. So. I'm breaking up yeah, with my phone. Really yes. Oh, my goodness. Because every time you get a notification, even if it's on silent or vibrate, it actually wakes up the brain. So I tell people, get that phone away from the bed that you sleep in, away from that room, so you can actually get some good quality rest because a lot of people just don't get good sleep anymore. Yeah. So that's one tip. But when you're laying in bed, you want a good cervical pillow. And what I mean by that is a pillow that you're, um, is kind of rounded. And so you're supporting your neck. And when you do that, when you support your neck, you actually can open up those nerves, okay? So they're not closed in. So you get that good cervical pillow, you put it underneath your neck. And then I also advise putting pillows underneath your knees, maybe one or two. And you want to keep your lumbar spine, which is your lower back, you want to keep it straight because you know how you kind of have an arch in your mm-hmm. lower back. So you got a neck pillow, you got some pillows underneath your knees. And then you're going to do the four, seven, eight. And four being you're going to breathe in through your nose. Now, it's very important to breathe in through your nose. If you can't breathe in through your nose, then you need to get some help on that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So some people have had like, you know, a hit in the head or whatever, and they just can't breathe through their nose or very stuffy or, you know, that kind of thing. If you can't breathe through your nose, you really want to get that addressed and, and, and get that fixed. So, yeah, you breathe through your nose, count of four. And then you hold it for seven, and then you breathe out through your nose of a count of eight. And the reason you're breathing in through your nose, they've done studies where you can get more oxygen to your brain. So who wants more oxygen to your brain? Pretty much everybody. <laughs> we want good neuron cells, right? Right. We want to be smart, smarter and think faster. So um, get that good oxygen in there. And the reason you're breathing out for a count of eight, which is double than four, what you're breathing in, is to stimulate what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. I don't know if you ever heard of that term. You probably heard of fight or flight. Yeah. So, yeah, with sympathetic, you know, your body's like, okay, I'm ready to get some blood to my hands and maybe fight in my feet. So I'm ready to fly and um, run really fast. There's a bear coming or something like that. And to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, that actually helps you breathe and helps you relax and helps you um, digest your food. And so people are like, how can I lose weight? Well, if you breathe, you actually, you can train breathing and you can lose weight if you're breathing properly. <laughs> you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So four and then seven hold and then eight. And if you do this every night and if you can do it for about eight minutes, I tell people eight to 10 minutes, it will make the world a difference on your sleeping and it will keep your shoulders not so tense and your neck will be a little bit more relaxed. Because every time I see somebody, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, a lot of times people are on their phones. They're looking down until, like, they fall asleep, basically. Yeah. And they just got really bad postures, and they're not keeping their head, you know, in a proper position. And it's creating all this tension. And they're like, why do I have headaches? Why do I have neck pain? I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I just give them these little simple things they can do, and and it automatically starts changing. Yeah, which is interesting. Nobody teaches posture anymore. Right. right. Oh, yeah. It was like big, really big in the what, 1920s. And, yeah. you know, you got your grandmother like slapping you with a ruler, you know, to get your posture up. And now everybody doesn't care. And it's just so important because what I learned is the more that your head goes forward over your spine, 
your lung capacity drops by 30 percent. Wow. percent. Yeah. So all these people that are leaning forward, all these people that are looking down on their, you know, phones and computers and all these devices, it just creates your lung capacity to go down immediately. And so that's just, like I said, your, your cells can't survive, uh, especially brain cells can't survive without oxygen. So help your brain out today and get some more oxygen. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's good. So breathing, that that's good. So then tell us about the story of the No More Meds. Yeah, so the No More Meds, uh, it started with my best friend who contacted me because of her kids were really, really sick all the time. And she wasn't local. She lives um, a few hours away from me. And so I was texting her back and forth. And I was like, I just need to write a book for you. Um, her child was <laughs> diagnosed um, with uh, autism. And so that's kind of how I got into the autism realm of helping children. And so she's like, what should I do for this? What should I do that? And that usually what happens when a, a parent, you know, you think you're living a healthy lifestyle and then your kid has some kind of problem and you're like, what am I doing wrong? You know, what's, what's going on? And, and so I address all that in the book of, you know, looking at the environment, looking at the gut, looking at the brain, you know, doing things that um, to help her. Um, with her kid. And then I decided to write a book on it because I figured other moms could be, you know, or dads could be, you know, super parents and, you know, do things that I've done to keep my kids from, you know, going back and forth to the doctor. Like I said, they've never really experienced any health issues, um, doing really well. And people want to know, they're like, what do you mean your kids never had an ear infection? What do you mean you know this and that? And, and so I, I like to educate and, you know, teach them, um, I know they can't do all of it, but at least they'll be able to go have a source that they can go to and reach out for help and not depend on, you know, hey, I have a headache. Let me just pop a pill. You know, right. so my whole my whole point of it is, you know, we're brainwashed to think and I was brainwashed. My parents were brainwashed to think, OK, well, you know, she's got a problem. She's got a symptom. Let's cover it up. Let's give her some inhalers. Let's go steroid, steroid shots. Let's, you know, let's take her tonsils out. Let's do all these things. And it never really got down to the root cause of the problem. And so once my spine got corrected and I eliminated, I had food allergies that the food allergy doctor didn't find at the time because people didn't really know about food allergies back then. I mean, we kind of knew about the anaphylactic ones, which I did have some anaphylactic ones, which we knew about, yeah. but I actually did have some other issues that was causing inflammation. And for me, it was dairy and gluten. And once I eliminated dairy and gluten, man, I could really, really start to breathe a lot better and all my sinus infections. And I mean, I was on tons of antibiotics. Yeah, sinus infections I was getting. So, you know, working on repairing my gut and all the damage that was done. I love helping um, parents that are motivated to make some lifestyle changes for their families. Yeah, very cool. That's really, really important. I think uh, I love that. Um, just the idea of, of, you know, taking care of those things. Do you, so this is just a personal question. All right. So well, you can practice on me now, but so I found, I used to love milk. Like I love milk. I, I would drink, you know, it was all the time. I'd have a bowl of cereal every night, which is bad for me, but I would do it. And, uh, I figured out, I started going on this diet and I was doing like smoothies and I was doing almond milk and I almost completely got rid of milk. And then now when I drink milk, it hates me. And I'm like, but this has never happened before. What happened here? I don't know what happened. So I've given it up, but <laughs> mostly. Probably probably what happened is your body um, got used to it. You know, so you, you're drink. Like if you just drink a little bit of poison every day. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll say, but, and your body just kind of gets deals with it and gets used to it. And even though you think it's not a problem, it's underlying probably causing some inflammation. And then when you completely get rid of it and then you introduce it again, your body's like, hold on now, why are we going back to that? I'm just letting you know yeah, that was poison. You shouldn't do that to me. Again. Right. Don't you know? do that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, no more Frosted Flakes at 10 at night. All right. Right, right. Note to self. That's not a good practice anyway. <laughs> yeah. They do make healthier cereals now, you know, from the 80s. I, I know, but why? Guys. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Frosted Flakes is really good. It's one that I grew up on. Um, you know, our 80s, I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the 80s. And so that was just, the diet was just horrible. Um, you know, that's when like, TV dinners were big. Remember that? Hot, pocket, hot pockets were going, oh, you know, all of those healthy foods, right? And we didn't think, I mean, back in the 80s, you didn't think that food was a problem. Um, and then the 90s, uh, my I remember my uncle literally coming to my house. And you know the bunny? I don't know if you ever bought that white bread. It's called bunny bread. Okay. And so we, we lived on that bunny bread, like the white oh. soft bread. Oh, yeah. It's the best. It's like mayonnaise sandwiches, tomatoes. Oh, yeah. And so he would come in. And he didn't really know why, but he would take that bread and he would like squish it and he would just like squish it. And he'd be like, do not eat this. It's not good for you. And I'm like, what? What's wrong with buddy bread? Um, but then we realized it didn't have any fiber. I mean, all that stuff is so processed. And now we know how bad it was for us. But, you know, at the time it was all good and nobody really had any problems. And I think each generation and that's why, you know, like why this generation get worse? What? You know, it could be, you know, as Christians, we talk about generation curses, but I think a lot of it has to do with the food source. It's just not the same like it used to be. And right. we started doing that processing stuff big in the 80s. And and then we got to get away from those sugars. Oh, the sugars. <laughs> I know. That's a whole nother issue. That that's, a whole nother, that's a whole nother talk. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Very cool. Well, but I think it matters because like like we said before, the, the whole like spiritual, physical thing is how you take care of your body does indicate how you're taking, how you're honoring the Lord, right? It does honor the Lord to take care of your body. And, and I, once you know, like once you become a Christian and once you know, then you, you want to tell other people, but you also don't want to go back. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah. I know now and I'll have to be held responsible um, for that knowing. And so that's, I guess, challenging as a doctor because I, I don't feel like I know everything, but gosh, when the more I learn, the more I don't know. But the more I learn, too, I know I have to have that responsibility um, to take care of myself and my family. And sometimes you have to learn the hard way, which is, you know, sad for most people. You know, most people come to see me and they're not like, oh, I'm healthy and I just want to get healthier. You know, <laughs> like most people already went to like 15 other doctors and I'm like last on the list. Um, where the other doctors didn't help them. And then they're like, all right, you got to figure it out. I'm like their last source. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, so I linked both of your books in the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. So that's good. And your website. And so people can find you there. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Um, yeah, they can go to what I call, it's called nomoremedsmovement.com. I actually have a free book there that they can download. It's cool. my free wellness book that kind of gives some tips with diet, nutrition, stress management, those kind of things. Awesome. All right. Nomoremedsmovement.com, right? You got it. Great. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. All right. Thank you. You bet. 